If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer in UK thrash band Acid Rain. I also produce a podcast called Talking Bollocks, where I've spoken to hundreds of people over the years, eight in total. So if you see my name in the description of this podcast, you'll see it's highlighted. Click on it, that's a link, and it'll take you to all the interviews that I've done over the years. However, here I am your host, I am your guide around the virtual museum that is the Motorcast Museum. Here at Motorcast headquarters, we are busily adding more and more wings, rooms, uh, all sorts of bits and pieces, projection room, um, recording studio, all of it virtual. And we are going to get as many of these episodes to you as possible. So if you want to make sure you get them all, what do you do? I know. I do this every time. Some of you will be shouting, saying, please don't do the subscribe thing again. Sorry, I am. If you want to get every episode, subscribe. Please look where you're listening to this. Click subscribe. Brilliant. Even better, click subscribe on everybody's phone that you know. <laughs> if you just ha- If they leave their phone hanging around... Sign them up to the Motorcast. That's all I'm saying, okay? Washing my hands of any of the consequences of that happening, okay? But, yeah, yeah, just, just, why not? Give it a go. Anyway, I really, and look, I was going to say I really enjoyed doing this. I really enjoy doing them all. There is not one single interview that I have not enjoyed doing. So, this one is with Slim Jim Phantom of the Stray Cats. Now, he was also a part of Headcat along with Lemmy and Danny B. Harvey. And they have a limited edition picture disc called Dreamcatcher that is out for Black Friday on the 25th of November. It's previously unreleased live show recorded um, in the Vias Casino Alpine from 2008. This is a mega rarity it's a one-off and it's a picture disc and the art is absolutely lush. If you're listening to this and it's already out, go get it. If it's about to come out, pre-order it. Of course. Anyhow, let's get on with the interview. Let's talk about Headcat and what it was like working with Lemmy. Hello, Jim, and um, welcome to the Motorcast. Nice to be here, buddy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. We made it. Um, so, look, uh, the way I start all of these is the same old question, and that is, um, you know, when did you, when did Motorhead first come into your life? Um, Motorhead first came into my life in, would have been the summer, early autumn of 1980. Right. And the Stray Cats were um, had our first little run of gigs from moving to London, uh, nine, June 1980, to being homeless, kicking around, telling everybody how great we're at any party that we could get into or any uh, a backstage thing that we could hang around from Time Out or Melody Maker in the back and go there. Uh, we kicked it, uh, kicked around, knocked on enough doors and managed to get a few of our own gigs, uh, Fulham, Greyhound, Golden yeah. Line, 
Thomas A. Beckett pub, uh, ninth on the bill at the marquee, Dingwalls, the usual thing that everybody did. Um, but we had made such a, a, a you know presence without ever doing anything. So I think a bunch of people came down to see us either fail or succeed or just be done with us, right? <laughs> and there was 20 people at these gigs, but it was the original kind of scene people, Chrissy Hine, Joe Strummer, Glenn Matlock, people I'm still friends with to this very day. And one of them being our dear, true pal, Lemmy. And he and I were instant friends. He saw the Stray Cats, got it immediately. And uh, asked me about Gene Vincent and Eddie Cochran. And he had little had the advantage of me because I didn't know who Motorhead was. <laughs> seconds he knew who i was because he came to our gig um we were three you know american guys who'd been hanging around they finally played you know god damn it they were really good you know which was the was really how it panned out with everybody okay these guys were talking a lot they were hanging around who the hell are they we played and we convinced everybody um uh, that would have been in the fall like i said summertime fall uh 1980 uh Lamb and I became fast friends, um, hanging out at the clubs while you, you'd go to the pub first, watch whatever band was playing, then to the regular nightclubs that closed at, you know, 12 o'clock or one o'clock and then to the after hours and, and then back to his house to watch the sun come up and eventually get back to wherever I was living. Uh, he was living in Battersea back then. And uh, playing Gene Vincent reel-to-reels that he had taped off the radio, off the BBC in his haphazard way. He knew exactly where they were. And, <laughs> and we would play chess. He had a chess set made of nuts and bolts, the highest one being the king. <laughs> very, very quickly. And um, I'll play another game. And um, we were just really immediate pals and i was at the uh then i met the others uh and uh, i was at the no sleep to hammersmith which i think was uh new year's or christmas time 1980 is when it was recorded came out the next year i think but um i pretty much remember being at that show and uh, we just you know pals this was a friendship that lasted 40 years really and um I love the guy. And then he moved to L.A. Uh, we we were friends in London. I came to L.A. and stayed. Uh, I was from New York. I went to London and I wound up in L.A. very just a couple of years later. And he would always come to L.A. I'd see him then. I would see him when I went to London. And then eventually he moved to L.A. And just really happenstance in life. It was right next to where I was already living. So we <laughs> were there. That's incredible. There's so many, there's that it seems like there's so many coincidences involved involved in that, but it but it also seems like it was just meant to be. Yeah, and it and it all goes back to what I say about everything, you know, our friendships with everyone. Uh, all roads lead to Eddie Cochran. And like if you know Lem was really hip to that stuff, as is, you know, a lot of your people would know this, but a lot of people still really don't that the real connection between what's perceived as being hard rock or punk or reggae or heavy metal, like whatever the category is, all roads kind of go back to the original rock and rollers, you know, Chuck Berry, 
Eddie Cochran, of course, Gene Vincent, Buddy Holly, who was Lamb's favorite, probably. Uh, Jerry Lee was another one of my favorite. Everything kind of comes from that, and then it's the direction that you take it in. Yes. It would yeah. make it, you know, really, it's really how you interpret Eddie Cochran and Chuck Berry. That's really um, what rock and roll really is since then. I yeah. Think, you know, and um, all those cats, if we're talking about Lamb or Ozzy or Robert Plant or the Sex Pistols or the Clash or whoever it is you want to talk about, it, they really know and love that stuff. And it's yeah. all their interpretation of it, really. Well, it's like anything, though, isn't it? If you, if you, if you trace, you know, if you trace anything back to its roots, the, it, 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 it's kind of undeniable. It's just that it right. starts as X and then everybody takes it off in their own direction and, and they're yeah. responsible for that direction. But ultimately, your starting point's the same. Exactly right. I, I think, you know, I think if you look at a, a, you know, modernist painting, Picasso definitely liked Rembrandt, you know, like it's just, <laughs> he did something different with it, you know, but it's, but it's the paint and it's the brush and it's the camera. And, and I, I think rock and roll is really like that. And um, you, you can like certain things better sonically or like a song or, uh, but I really, I, I think it's fun and important to if you like somebody trace it back to an artist trace it back to what they liked and you'll probably still you know like the same artist best and maybe pick up a few things that you also like along the way yeah yeah and and this is this is a strange one because you had the you had the drop on on lem because he'd already he'd already seen your band but you hadn't seen his so what did you what did you make of the first time you saw motorhead Oh, staggering it was uh, <laughs> just the the sheer rock of it and the sheer you know volume of course and um you know I anytime I ever say what excuse me to anyone <laughs> I blame it on Lemmy to this day um <laughs> it's it was something that there was a you know a rock template that I had because I was a kid in the seventies I loved. Deep Purple and I love Zeppelin and I, I knew rock music. Um, and this was kind of a, a new one yeah. for me. I didn't see in a rock trio like that. And Lem and I kind of understood the trio-ness of it all, you know? And um, <laughs> I think all of us were, I don't know if we were all at that Hammersmith show, but I know that, you know, Lem came to the Straight Cats show and we, we, we all knew each other, but he and I were pals uh and it was quite extraordinary really and i it was more it was part of my learning process when i went to england i i, I didn't quite understand uh, well the first year or so that we did rock really when i found it we found it um in tracing back through uh, uh you know beatles records i know lem was a big fabs guy too rolling stones records uh any rock and roll of that time, you see the C Perkins, the C Berry, the B Holly in the in the songwriting credit, and being album nerd guy like we all are, gotta find out a little bit deeper. Who's this? And oh, I know Blue Suede Shoes, of course. Blueberry Hill. Okay, I I knew from like the you know the Golden Oldies channels, and then I arrive at. Elvis Presley, the Sun Sessions, and Eddie Cochran and Gene Vincent. I just changed my whole life. I cut all my hair off. I got rid of my old clothes. It was like all like overnight uh, 
sensation for me. And the other two in the Stray Cats, we were having you know, the like experience because we were the guys in our uh, school that were into rock and roll and played. And we found all this. And then I didn't, then I thought that if you were into rock and roll, rockabilly, that kind of music, that you couldn't be into the other kind of music. That And how could yeah. they, I didn't quite know that Robert Plant, his favorite singer was Gene Vincent. I didn't yeah. know that yet, right? I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this or you were that. And luckily for me, I was very young when I moved to England uh, with the Stray Cats and to, to start our life adventure. I was still 19 years old. And then people like Lemmy, people like Rick Wakeman, people like uh, 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 Chris Squire is another guy from the band, yes. People from all walks of life, punk rockers, the guys from the Sex Pistols, Glenn Matlock, who's still my friend, they were coming to the gigs and they were into it. And then it was a bit of an aha moment that, yes, everyone loves Gene Vincent. Everyone loves early Elvis Presley records. You don't have to necessarily look that way to be influenced by it and to be into it. How could yeah. the guy from Led Zeppelin like to show you cats? It, it became very clear to me very quickly. And it made life a beautiful thing to know that the influence for all of us is kind of the same. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. So it's a common ground right away. I always tell people, if you meet Robert Plant in an airport, you want to talk to him. Don't ask about song remains the same. Ask him about Eddie Cochran <laughs> and yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll get yourself. You'll have your awesome airport moment story. That's yeah. really, I found my whole life has been like that. And um, well, this is that, what this is what I say to this is what I say to, to to people is that people forget. I mean, you know, I'm I'm in a band myself, and people forget that, or or sometimes don't realize that people in bands we're just massive fans. You know, that, that's that that's 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 kind of like you know being in a band is is the next level. You know, I I used to go to gigs really early to meet people. Bef- you know, as soon as the band arrived, and eventually you want to be the band arriving. <laughs> you know, it's just like you're just a huge fan. So yeah, you know, if people want to talk to you about other music, it's invariably more interesting than your own. That's exactly right, and it's 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 really makes everything a lot easier and life a bit more fun at that point. I guess you can still be in your tribe and still like things. Yeah. It's that's, that's all part of it. And the real cat would be the first to tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah look, tribe, tribes, are, tribes are cool. Tribes are fine. They, it doesn't mean that you like, you know, that you're not allowed to interact with other tribes, you know? <laughs> exactly right. And I think it makes it kind of for a, uh, you know, broader experience of life, really. Yeah. That, it's been absolutely, really, uh, you know, my experience. Uh, my experience. I mean, if I hung out with just rockabillies, I wouldn't have gone to ninety nine percent of the places I've ever been to. You yeah, know. yeah. So that first t- that first time, like you know, seeing Motorhead, it, that must have been a like, oh wow, like I, you know, I, I've I've never heard the stuff I like interpreted and then. Re, you know, hearing sure. this come from that, that must have been kind of, you know. Positively, because I definitely heard right away, I heard Chuck Berry and I definitely heard Eddie Cochran do it. That's Motorhead right there. So it was, uh, I, 
like it was part of my experience and now I can, you know, talk about it quite, uh, you know, in an intelligent way. Back then, I don't know if I knew the words for it, but uh, it you know, certainly clear to me. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can imagine. I can imagine. And then, I mean, you know, unfortunately, we have to leap forward a few years, but um, obviously the reason we're having this conversation is there's this like awesome picture disc that's going to come out um, of, of your head cat. Uh, live show um and I, I just want to obviously go back a little bit you ended up you know creating a band um that's awesome how did it all come about the band headcat that was i had already known lamb oh at least at least 10 15 years i think it was pals and neighbors and it, we were approached by cleopatra brian to do a song, um, Elvis Presley song for for a tribute record. Right. Uh, um, there was a bunch of people on it and we knocked, knocked off the song, I think quite quickly. And we had a five more hours of the studio kind of thing. And um, Lamb said, well, let's do this one. I know the words of this one, I know the words of that. And for him, it was a, like a brand new experience. Like he yeah. was getting to play rockabilly. For me, it was my my day job. It was my regular thing. So I, I I was more than happy to like, well, that one I know. That I can do, sure. And for for him, it was, and see a lot of people that it, it was their, um, you know, bucket list moment in a lot of ways. They yeah. got to yeah. Play an Eddie Cochran song, lay it down that they had listened to a thousand times with a couple of guys that knew that. So oh, yeah. um, for me, it, it was you know a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear his interpretation of it. And um, so we were uh, we were in the studio. We had the, the extra time, so we did a couple more songs. Let's come back tomorrow. Ask the studio guy, are you free tomorrow? Yeah, sure, come at this time. So we did that for you know, a week or so. And as <laughs> we did it, you know, picking Lamb up and, you know, watching the TV for an hour while you double parked and, you know, just call me when you're ready. I'll stay at my house, all that kind of. Um, I'm going to go back and walk the dog now and come back. And, you know, you're still watching some history. Show. We got to go now, that kind of stuff, the beginning of all that. Um, yeah because I'd always been friends with them, but I never worked with them. Like, so, but I quickly found the drill. And we, uh, be, before we knew it, we had a record. And we, I, there was a lot of interest in it to do gigs as well. And we did a few runs, nice uh, locally ones, and uh, ones that, uh, that he was interested in doing, usually casinos that you could smoke out to the <laughs> yeah. groups on. Yeah, Lemon casinos, <laughs> playing playing a run of dates at casinos. I mean, that's just, yeah. Ones that we drove to and a few back east. Uh, nice one, you know, like nice experience ones that uh, uh, one with Jerry Lee was on when that Little Richard was on. So it, it was good. Um, you know, it was a nice thing. We were playing a gig he and I got to watch little Richard play and then he got to go play the slot machines. He could smoke in the lobby. So uh, things like, so like we did that for a few years when everyone had little breaks in their schedules. So yeah. it, it was very positive and very nice uh, memory and time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing that, 
some things should just should just as as it so often does just kind of come together like that you know yeah because without without everybody having you know without everybody getting their their takes done quickly that first day you don't have that spare few hours and exactly. none of this happens exactly right then it would be oh we did this one song and it's cool and that's a little story as well yeah yeah uh, and, and the beauty of it is as well is that I, I i tend to agree with you i think if you you say to any musician you want to go in the studio and record a song they want to record a song by anyone other than themselves sure because yeah. we're fans yeah um yeah we, we we used to do rock this town but he wouldn't do any of the other ones he uh I don't think we record it, but it's but it's on the live record, I think. Um, Lem would say, opportunity knocks for Slim Jim Phantom. Don't screw it up, boy. So we did that first record very, uh, and then like a few years later, we had always talked about doing it again. And that's when our pal Wendy Dio comes in the picture. And right. she label, she and Ronnie had Niji Records and uh, they were trusted, trusted brand. So we yeah. went in, we did the second American Beat album and uh, uh, the live record in Berlin was to do with Niji and, and, and the Dio clan as well. So all further, further a little you know, trusted gang of friends. Yeah, that that's that's really cool as well. The the fact that you're able to just you were able to keep it in amongst that kind of you know that clique, Ronnie and Wendy, and you know getting all that, and that's fantastic that they managed to sort of get involved in it with you. Sure, and, and that's we we saw Ronnie's movie a few weeks ago, and that's I mean, if anyone needed you know the proof. Ronnie was a doo-wop greaser guy in New York. So, you know, the God of Metal was totally a, a rockabilly guy. And um, it's, I don't know, I think it's nice to have, the, you know, the evidence always revealed, you know. And, uh, um, yeah. So, uh, it, you know, stuff that you kind of knew, but it's nice to see it, see it um, actually. And, um, and the same with Lamb. So, like, it's the, you know, the really nice thing is we have the proof and that we, we, you know, we have these beautiful rockin' records that are now going to see the light of day. And um, I think a select few had it when it came out. And it was, um, but um, a, this this was coinciding with um, Motorhead being, really getting their due and all, all the years that they put in hard yeah. work, really starting to flower and to bear fruit from it. And it's, uh, so we did, you know, Head Cat won everyone and, and the Stray Cats got, busy again danny b uh, started to score films and do you know a lot of recording as producer so i think uh, uh the the um you know release of the head cat stuff was running parallel three parallels of um yeah so so we did the you know the snippets of work when we could and um it's really nice that a few were properly recorded and um they're gonna come yeah. out yeah, yeah. Well, did you had you also had um, you, you had? I, I mean, I, I'm looking up. You had Fool's Paradise in 2006. Yeah, yeah. And then and then there was um, Walk the Walk, Talk the Talk. Walk the Walk, Talk the Talk was the uh, new one that we did. 
that we did on purpose as a whole album for um, uh, for for Niji. Uh, Fool's Paradise was, I think, a kind of little bit of a compilation of the of of the Lemmy Slim Jim Danny B record. Right. Okay. Got you. Got you. So where is this? So the one that's going to come out, um, uh, which is the you know the the live show that no one's heard before. Um, where was that recorded, and 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 when? There's uh, there was one from Berlin, one from and uh, and then there were it was either I think it was San Diego, um, a, a casino that was right by there. That um, Danny was always ahead of the game. He was very good at technology and stuff. And he we and Lem with his encouragement, he. He really wanted to record it live. I think more as as much as anything else. So I mean, you knew the guy who would play it in his house a hundred times, play it in the car a hundred times on the <laughs> way down the kick. Um, he he was big on playing playing the demos a lot of times, playing the live shows a lot of times. So I'm very happy that it all these years later it got a proper treatment and we'll see the light of day because I, yeah. I and I know that he really dug it. Was I'm proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's awesome that it's, I mean, look, you know, I, I, I host this podcast and it's, you know, it's, it's dedicated to a band who, you know, haven't released anything for quite some time now, you know, who aren't around anymore, but the, the impact, the legacy is still going strong, you know, and it, and, and I think it, it, it all comes back. It all comes back to the fact that Motorhead were authentic. They were genuine. They were never anything else other than Motorhead, and it, you know that's what endures. And and still, I I I stay in very nice contact with Phil Campbell, who's my pal for. Really, I I met the Eddie Clark and Phil were doing it. Um, uh, Phil Taylor, uh, and then it made the transition. And Phil Campbell, I would consider among my really strong friends in life. We 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 stay in touch all the time. And um, I I think we'd like to do a tour together with his his group and my uh, my group. And um, he and his sons, when they were in L.A. doing Motorhead records, uh, he he and his sons would come play Cat Club all the time. Awesome. So a very strong connection. And, and, and that was something else I was happy to pitch into the world as we had this little joint up on sunset that I had live bands and Phil was in town doing his thing. Sure. Come and play at my joint. Lem and I recorded there, played there a lot of times. We did a, uh, a live record there on a new year's. I think it's recorded, but we did a new year's either. So that was another, you know, very strong, strong, connection to mikey you know mickey michael and myself we're all yeah. well, that's the whole different bond everyone's pals no matter what. yeah yeah absolutely uh, you know it's nice to have a strong connection with the few generations of it yeah no absolutely i think i think you know there is a there is a certain fixation on the the original trio but there's without a doubt the the, the you know the longest period of motorhead's career was 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 lem Phil and Mickey, you know, by a mile. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those guys are, you know, those guys are as much a part of the of the legacy as as anybody else. Um, so, 
I mean, over the years, what was it? What was it? What was it like working um, with Lem? You know, were you? Was it a back and forth? Was it a? Was it a as nice as possible? Do as you told. How? How did it kind of um, manifest? I don't think anybody ever <clears throat> told anyone what to do in a funny way, but um, yeah, with rock and roll, the singer is the, and you were definitely on Lem's schedule. We're sitting around on the couch and watching the TV in the studio, and he was ready to, you know, if you know me saying, "Come on, everybody, let's go, let's do a take," would be. I learned very early on in my life that that's not how to do it. You know, you just um, wait for everybody to be ready, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Lemmy. It's like, it's like, hey, should we go? And it's like, no. When he's ready, I, I just yeah. need to make sure I'll be ready. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I, I, you know, with you know, rock and roll in general, I, you know, I think that that's the you wait till everybody's ready. But um, yeah, I, I you know, definitely it was Lem schedule. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So, um, uh, and unfortunately, um, this is a question I. I have to ask most people, which is so when it when's the last time, you know, when's the last time you saw Motorhead? When's the last time you saw saw Lemmy? Uh Motorhead gig, I would it, it would have been on the last um the last run in the States. And Lem personally, really very, you know, we were there kind of thing. Yeah. We yeah. sat there on the couch, all you know, gang of us would go in shifts and you know, the small tight gang, we were there. Yeah. When it was yeah. uh when it was happening and uh, you know happy to really to it's um it's really what he wanted yes yeah so uh, yeah, that was a good one stupid qu- stupid question really but do you miss him oh of course I think yeah. about him every day he's uh, he's uh, one of a kind really and um you know there's a lot of interest in it now and i you know happy to have been part of it really and um I I would think he would he would feel the same. You know? Yeah, he would be, we're doing it, and I know that he would want it to be you know as popular as it possibly could be. You know. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. Around him, uh, know that. Yeah. Yeah. I I I once um I once heard an interesting um quote from Brian May when he'd written he'd written a particularly heartfelt ballad and it was about losing freddie and freddie was freddie was still alive and he said you know i, I i'm but i'm not going to release it you know and um, as a single and 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 freddie sort of said why and he said well because i don't want to be seen you know cashing in on your illness and he said oh love cash in get it release it get it out there get it to number 1 yeah yeah, yeah. you know this is a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think he'd love I think he'd love the idea of of still being yeah. relevant and putting out new stuff from beyond the grave. I think he'd be cool with that. Do it all still. I I don't think anyone changes that that much. You know, I I think they would be doing their schedule, and then we would have the you know the gaps would be around February March before they you know started in April again doing their thing. That's how the last. 10 years was it seems and um we would always try to find the time to do a to do some stuff together that's awesome man you know yeah yeah look um uh, jim i I can't thank you enough for your time man i really do appreciate it happy to happy to be involved 
Thank you very much, Jim. It's been a pleasure chatting to you and um, uh, look after yourself. Call me anytime. I'm the easiest guy in town to find. <laughs> Will do. You take care. Cheers, man. Yes, yes, yes. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did doing it. And if for one minute you are thinking, do you know what? That guy sounds really cool. He looks cool as well. Just radiates cool. But hey, he was, he was, is the drummer in the Stray Cats. He was in Head Cat with Lemmy. Of course he's cool. And what a great way to finish. Call me anytime. I just loved that. It really was. It was absolutely lovely. If I, if I ever get out to LA, Jim, be warned. I'm tracking you down. So look, I'm loving doing this. Hope you're loving listening. Please do spread the word. Let everybody know. Hashtag Motorcast wherever you can. Yeah, make sure you get hold of Dreamcatcher Picture Disc because that's uh, that's going to go away pretty quickly. It's an absolute pleasure and a joy talking to you guys every time I do one of these. Hang in there. Don't worry. Won't be long till there's another episode along. Tell everybody all about it. I just love doing this and it means a lot, man. It really, really genuinely does. It means a lot. I've made friends through doing this podcast. I am one lucky, lucky guy. I'm getting to talk to all these people. I've made friends of some of them. I've had great conversations. It's a really genuinely lucky and fortunate position that I'm in. And don't think I take it for granted and don't think that I don't know what my responsibilities are here as well. I know that I am representing a hell of a lot of you. So sometimes I might not ask questions that you might have asked, but you know what? I'm always doing my best for you. I absolutely promise you because this means too much to me and I enjoy it too much to ever come at this in any way other than 200% the Motorhead way. And with that... I will leave you. Catch you next time on the next episode of the one, the only official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I don't say agreed. The only God I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades.